What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of my High Performance Podcast. My name's Phil. I'm an ex-international athlete, current entrepreneur, and my goal is to share with you everything that I've learned about high performance so you can be the highest performing version of yourselves. On today's episode, I want to cover something that gets a lot of people stuck. I was doing a consult with an athlete not long ago, and they had had a traumatic experience in the recent couple of years. And what they found was every time they would train or even think about training, this traumatic experience would come back up and it would make them feel anxious to the point where maybe they didn't even want to go train. And this became a problem because they wanted to be highly competitive in their sport. So not only didn't they want to train, but eventually it got to the point where he couldn't even compete properly because of what had happened. So one of the first things that I had to explain to him was the function of memory. The function of memory is not something that people actually think that much about. Like, why do we remember things? Why do we have this storage space of all the things that have happened to us in our lives? And why is it that we seem to remember the painful things the most? One explanation is that our brains are addicted to the negative stuff because it activates some sort of trigger in our brain and we're more wired towards the negative things in life. Another way to think about it is anytime you experience a painful experience, you will remember the pain so that you do not make the same mistake again. So the way I like to think about memory is memory is a storage pool of the things that have happened to you that you can use as guidance and evidence for how you should address problems in the present so that you can alter the future. So to give you an example, let's just say that you gave someone on the street $100, right? And they took the money decided to just spend it and you watch them spend the money despite thinking that they were somebody who needed the help. In your memory, you would now, you would be careful with who you gave $100 to because you now know that there are people who will fake being in desperate need so that they could take your money and then go spend it for their own glorious purposes. That's a lesson in itself, right? And that's really, really important because although it's just money, it taught you a lesson. And that's what your memory is good for. A more extreme example would be something like if you were walking home at nighttime and you noticed that there was a dark alley and you decided that it was the shortcut that you wanted to take in order to get home. And you go through this dark alley and you end up being jumped by two or three guys. They bash you and they also take your wallet and your phone. The next time you're walking home from the train, train station and you see this alley, you have the memory that's telling you, do not go into this alley at this time of day. Because last time we were here, we got jumped by a group of thugs, we got bashed and we lost our money. You're supposed to use that memory to guide your future so that you don't go into that alley. That's what memory is for. But here's the interesting thing. It's not just what you remember. It's also what you feel. So there's a famous story of 
I believe it was David Butler, and he was researching the complexities of pain, pain and memory. So this guy, David Butler, he has a story of one of his research subjects who was just doing a bushwalk, and he was able, he was walking through the bushes, and he felt a twig snap on his lower thigh, lower shin, I believe. And he just thought that it was a twig that scratched him like any other twig that you would get on a bushwalk. But before long, he started to get quite dizzy, he started vomiting, and he looked down in his leg and he realized that there were two puncture marks. And that's when he realized that he had been bitten by a poisonous snake. So immediately, he got sent to hospital, they rushed him there, and he was in a coma for a week from the venom. Something like that. Anyway, he makes a full recovery, and he goes back to his hometown. He is in his backyard, he's swimming in his pool, and when he comes out, he feels the same prick hit his ankle, and he goes into an absolute fit, starts screaming, has an uncontrollable outburst. When they looked down, it was actually just a twig. The interesting thing about this example is that if the snake had not bit him that time, that twig at the swimming pool would not have even bothered him in the least. So the memory in his brain was, last time I felt this sensation, I was in a coma for a week and I was in terrible pain. But not only does he remember this, he also feels the consequence of this memory. He feels the anxiety from what happened. He feels the panic when he realized that he had been bitten by a snake and his life was in danger. He feels the memory. So not only does he think about the memory, but he also feels the memory. Okay, And that's why when something difficult happens, whether it be in a performance context, whether it be in a life context, even if in your mind you have resolved the issue as a memory, sometimes the feelings of the memory remain. And that's why whenever you think back to a traumatic experience, especially if you're a high performer and say, let's just say you were supposed to compete at a very important competition and you fucked up, you didn't do it as well as you could, you remember the feeling of how bad you felt. So next time you're at competition, your brain and your emotions will trigger that same pathway and you will feel the same thing. So in that way, it's extremely important that we learn how to view the past and then how we can slowly rearrange the past so that it doesn't have as big of a control over us. So I like to ask myself three questions when something difficult happens. Number one, what lesson did I learn for next time? Okay, If my memory is painful, then it is a lesson. It is teaching me something. And in order to avoid the pain next time, I need to look back at this memory and see what I could do better or what I should avoid first. This is hard because some people don't want to look back at their memory. But you have to look at the memory. You have to go through the discomfort to see the gem that you've been given. For example, one of 
my harsh experiences is when I had to recuperate my funds after getting scammed in Turkey. Okay. I gave away way too much money. And when I look back at the memory, I felt lots of things, shame, stupidity. I didn't feel like I was myself. I didn't really want to even think that I'd done something like that. But after I had got through the emotions, I had to be very logical. And I thought about, okay, what lesson did I learn here? What happened that I didn't have the ability to make a good decision? Okay, I was drunk in a strange country by myself. Number one, that's a mistake I made. Number two, I didn't see that these guys were being extremely cagey with who they were. They didn't tell me exactly where they were from. They didn't really like to give me their contact details. There were so many things about her that just didn't add up. What mistake did I make? Well, the mistake I made was I let my guard down. I had had such great experiences in many parts of the world that I thought that most people were just nice. And so when these guys started being bros to me, I said, well, fuck it. I don't think there's any problem here. And I went along with it. Once I was able to identify the mistake that I made, the the things I needed to avoid, I could then tell myself, okay, what can I do to take control and take power back next time? If something like this happens to me again, what are the lessons from this that I can use? Number one, stay clear of mind. So that's the opposite of getting drunk, right? Stay clear of mind. Number two, ask questions. If I notice next time that somebody's being nice to me but not telling me that much about themselves, I am sure that this person is in some way shady and I'm not going to make that mistake again. So although it was a tough lesson, I have learned that. Number three, if somebody's nice to you, way too nice to you for no reason, be careful what they ask for. If somebody is really nice to you for no reason, be careful what they ask for. Because that's what happened to me. They were incredibly nice to me for the first three hours of my night. And at the end, that's when they made they ask. And so that encompasses my mistake. What I'm going, what I learned and what I'm going to do next time. Instead of thinking about the past as this horrifying experience where I gave away too much money. Now I now say to myself, okay, that event was the thing that now leads me to be more careful. That event was the thing that makes me smarter and wiser when I'm on the street. So going back to this athlete, they were extremely hesitant to review what happened in their past. And I encouraged them to do it with me then and there. And what I wanted them to know is After the dust clears and you're able to get through the shame of the experience, everything that happened to you is an opportunity for you to use in the future. If you sustained a traumatic injury, 
what can you do next time to not sustain the same injury? What can you do about your nutrition? What can you do about your training? What can you do about your competing? How can you do things different to make sure you don't have this problem again? Because if you didn't have this problem, would you now consider all these other factors? For myself as a coach, some of my best advice to people comes from my experience of making mistakes. Some of the best advice I can give you is the pain that I went through and what I learned from that so that you don't have to go through the same thing. That's what memory is for. And that's why it's incredibly important for you to reframe the past. It's not something that is supposed to hold you back and something for you to avoid. It's something that you look towards to guide your future. The last example I want to give is in the context of, say, making uh, financial success. You have to go through a series of sales conversations. Okay? And every conversation you have, you learn something different. Every conversation you have, that becomes a memory. And you remember the things you could have done better. No one really remembers the things that they succeeded in. They remember the sales that they lost. How, how do you make that sale next time when the same situation comes up? That's why you go back into the sales call if you recorded the sales call and you dissect everything that you could have done better so that you can practice those parts and then do it on your next sales call. And that's how people improve. It's not by just looking towards the future. It's actually by looking into the past finding out what you can do better and implementing them in the present to alter the future. Otherwise, all you're doing is repeating the same mistakes and the same patterns. So any hard memory that you have, perhaps even the harshest memories that you have, they may be the things you need to look at in order to stop repeating a pattern in the future that is happening to you right now. And that's holding you back from high performance. Maybe when you were a kid, you never spoke up, against, spoke up against your parents. And maybe now in the present as an adult, you are still controlled by your parents. Well, in the past, you should have, as a kid, maybe as a teenager, stood up for yourself. And because you didn't, you are now in this position. So now, as an adult, perhaps you need to start to stand up for yourself against your parents. Or else you're just going to repeat the same thing and hope that your parents will change and see you in a different way. And that's why reframing the past is the most powerful thing you can do in order to shape your future. Do not see any past experiences that are negative as things you never look back on. Always see them as opportunities and lessons that you can dissect in order to improve the future. Thanks for listening to this episode, guys. Just to let you know, there's one ticket left, just one ticket left for the Men's High Performance Camp running in January. 19th to the 22nd. I'd love to see you there, especially if you're one of my regular listeners. Thank you again for listening to this, to this episode. I'll see you again soon.